In the final part of this unexpected trilogy, we draw a close to the Helter Skelter scenario. Welcome, everyone. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Welcome to the Phantom Jukebox. I'm Ty Lindsay. And I am Joseph Shannon. The Phantom Jukebox, where two musicians dive into the world of music, myths, conspiracies, and bizarre music history. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcast. If you could, and I know it takes a minute, but if you could, on your smartphone, tablet, or uh, carrier pigeon, if you could, please rate (laughs) And review the show. I think even Spotify has a new rating system now. I don't think you can comment yet. Okay. But it has a rating system. Uh, and if you could, like, just, you know, rate us honestly or rate us five stars, whatever you want to do. It really helps us out. <laughs> honestly or five honestly, stars. Honestly, five stars. It really it really does help us out on all seriousness. Uh, help us, like, uh, grow and uh, kind of grow the show. And uh Actually, as of right now, we are approaching 250 downloads. Awesome! So that is real. It's a pretty. That's pretty awesome. We're, we're now at seven episodes in, uh, and we're almost at uh, 250 downloads on Podbean. Also, too, uh, Podbean.com. There's a there's an app player for that if that's just easier for you. But uh, yeah, no, 250. Yeah, 250 downloads in seven episodes. And then thanks to the uh, great work of Dakota Galvin, we're approaching uh, 300 followers on on uh, Twitter. Nice. Yes. Which the Twitter is twitter.com forward slash phantom jukebox underscore. You can also find us on Facebook at for facebook.com forward slash phantom jukebox and instagram.com forward slash phantom jukebox podcast. Yes. All 250 of you. I want to see you over there. Yes. Let us know Let's like, do it. what kind of stuff you like. You would like to hear from us in the future. And now we're getting into the LaBianca murders. Oh, I didn't even realize that. Yeah, this is this is like a two-day event. It's kind of like one full day. Sort yeah. Of. Yeah. It, it's, it's kind of confusing because, of course, uh, leave it to some LSD-fueled uh, cultists to pick a really confusing yeah. time and manner in which to do things in. So I f- forgive me if I'm pronouncing that wrong, but it's L A B I A N C A Labianca. Sure, it's these particular murders. So we're still August 9th, but later that night, uh, so 1969, uh, Manson and so the so Manson and the four family members from before: Tex Watson, Susan Atkins, Patricia Krenwinkel, and Linda Kasabian. Um, are going out again, but they're also bringing with them, like Manson's actually with them as well. And then we've got Leslie Van Houten, Hoot, Houten, Leslie Van Houten, Clem Grogan. Always expect a good things from a Clem, uh, <laughs> go together on a drive. This, this, this car is packed. There's seven people in this car, I think. Wow. Yeah. Text who, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, and seven. Yeah. There's seven people in this car. And this is a, a Volkswagen bug. 
I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it would be the car of murder. <laughs> of cultist murder. Herbie. Fully loaded. <laughs> so, apparently... So, so Manson is, like, never... I won't say never, but Manson's not consistent in how in his orders or anything he has his fucking people do because he was apparently not happy with the murder, how the murders went down earlier that day. Oh, I mean, he tells them to do something witchy and then he's just like, uh, not like that. <laughs> you know? Wow. This guy is truly insane. Um, so, uh, Manson, so, Madison Kasabian Code drive to the house of a supermarket executive, Leno LeBianca and his wife, Rosemary. Um, uh, so Leno is a supermarket executive and then his wife like co-owns a dress shop at 3301 Waverly Drive in Los Feliz, in the Los Feliz section of Los Angeles. Why that house, right? Why? Uh, no one had really ever... Le, uh, Leo and Rosemary weren't particularly of note. They're like relatively casual people living uh, in Los Angeles. But why? 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 Uh, because Manson had gone to a party next door to that house the year before. Oh, yeah. So that makes the, perfect that's sense. That's the obvious choice. Anyway. Right. That, my God. The level. And it is truly as random as it, as it possibly can be. Who thinks of that shit? Yeah. One. You remember a party from like a year ago, like a regular party, not even like a birthday, like a regular party. And then two, it's not even the same house. It's the house next door. Wow. The the level of bizarre this man is. So Watson claims Manson roused the sleeping Leno from the couch at gunpoint. And then Watson, uh, he had Watson bind his hands together with a leather thong. Oh, so Manson was actually here. Manson's this. at this place. Oh, yes. So this is he wasn't there for the first one, but you know he's like a he's like a supervisor. He's going to go make sure it was done right. Oh yeah, I suppose whatever whatever the fuck his logic was. Can't get it done right the first time. Got to go do it yourself. You uh, didn't pack the leather thong. How are we going to tie their hands? <laughs> Towel. Of course you got away. Make sure you stab him. Did you stab him fifty two times? Fifty one times. You might still be alive. <laughs> he's insane yeah, he's insane and they don't say if the leather thong was already at the house or not not to get crude or anything but they'd never specify that so like they could very well have possibly brought that with them the owner of the leather thong was never specified in this police report <laughs> but it very much could have been manson let's just say <laughs> i don't know that's a that's a speculation but i just want to believe it i mean if you're gonna tie my hands with a leather thong i damn well hope it's my own leather thong if you're gonna do something witchy i suppose you'd wear a leather thong anyway <laughs> i only ever wear a th- Leather thong at the witching hours of the night. It's my witching hour thong. <laughs> Shapes something unreal. <laughs> Supernaturally. <laughs> Anybody got any talcum powder? Uh, so Rosemary was brought into the living room from the bedroom, and Watson covered the couple's heads with pillowcases, uh, and then he bound them together with lamp cords. Oh, better. Uh, Dude, you know, of of all the other options, the closest to rope so far. <laughs> Maybe that's the thing. They just don't know what rope is. <laughs> it's like, what? Uh, what is that? 
looks like big string. Oh! I'm not quite sure. No. Like a tree. I don't trust it. <laughs> so, um, so after like they bound them together, Manson, uh, Manson left. So after he makes sure everything's like, you know, set to go, uh, he, <laughs> um, Oh my God. So like, yeah, he never really like quite gets his hands dirty. Like I was talking about before, I believe in the uh, previous episode, he never really, he never outright kills anybody. Like he doesn't, yeah. he hurts people, but I'm pretty sure it's to either just have somebody else do it or he's just aware enough in himself to be like, well, I technically didn't kill anybody. Yeah. Cause he's that much. He's just super levels of asshole to be like, well, I basically pulled the trigger, but just physically, you know, I mind controlled this other guy into doing it. Yeah. So it's just, I, I, it's almost like he thought that much ahead because that would become a problem later. And the kiss court hearings, which I'm not, we're not really going to get into here, but I, I highly encourage you to get into the story of Manson, like the, especially his, his court stuff. It's it, that is pretty crazy. Yeah. If this was a court show, we would definitely have covered it. Okay. But uh, not, not on the music side of things. So uh, Manson left and Krenwinkel and Van Houten entered the house with instructions that the couple should be killed. So oh. basically like, uh, like the uh, fucking coward that he is, he can't even just like stay there. He like leaves like real quick instructions like, Hey, make sure they're dead. Like as he just like leaves. Oh, so, uh, Watson. So Tex Watson stabbed Leno Bianca with a chrome plated bayonet twelve times. A chrome plated, a silver bayonet. 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 Like what? Wow. And for those who are curious, what a bayonet is that goes on the end of a rifle for like, it basically turns a rifle into a spear. Yeah. And it's for like hand to hand combat, and it was kind of a World War One last resort kind of thing. Yeah. Maybe World. No, there's World War Two, but that was more like your knife like connected to the I end mean, of your rifle. In the Marine Corps in today's day and age, you still there's like some a tiny bit of bayonet training. Oh really? But it's also comes with the premise of if you ever hear the words fix bayonets, we're fucked. <laughs> it's because <laughs> <laughs> there's no more bullets. <laughs> we're in a really tight spot if you hear that come out of your commander's mouth. But <sighs> To have a bayonet. What? Who has that? Uh, except for like, in, except for like, like collectors and stuff. Memorabilia yeah. enthusiasts. <laughs> I don't, I don't, and ex military. And I, I don't, don't, and from what I read, I don't believe it's Leno's. <laughs> I think they brought okay. that with them. Oh. They couldn't bring rope, but they could bring a, a goddamn chrome plate. I mean, writing the list. Obviously, first two things on the list. It's, it's the same guy who Leather was writing the list for the German. The German. <laughs> <laughs> we get him a, a leather thong. Yes, a bayonet. Yes. Ah, quite the eclectic list. Yes, <laughs> leather thong. Yes, the Christmas trees. Uh, Tenenbaum. No Tenenbaum. Uh, rope. <laughs> no, no. It's against your what? What? No. Okay. <laughs> Or maybe that they don't know what rope is, but instead it's just they what, think everything is a different version of rope. <laughs> like, get me that lamp rope over there. 
Yes, the rope you use to dry yourself. I give need me, that. Give me, the, give me the rope that helps turn the lights. <laughs> <laughs> quick, quick! I need the rope that helps dry me when I get out of the shower. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that rope that you wear. What do you want to get kinky in the bedroom? Yes. <laughs> Quick, let's tie their let's tie their hands with the rope I used to to buckle my pants together. <laughs> the rope you used to power the lights. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. They just see like every they just get everything is rope. Everything is rope. Everything is rope. That's another shirt. That's another shirt for sure. Everything is rope. Oh my god! And little like icons of like the leather thong, a bayonet, a lamp. <laughs> One of these things is not like the other. The oh key is God. none of them are rope. <laughs> <laughs> That's what connects them together. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, let me contain myself here. So pretty much what kind of winds up happening is uh, Watson stabs Leno 12 times with the bayonet. This is fucking random of all things stabs somebody with. It's so random. Um. Okay, so he goes, so he doesn't stab him 12 times in a row, right? So he stabs him a couple times, and then Rosemary is, like, fighting the the, the other, like, uh, ladies in, like, the bedroom. Okay. Like, Rosemary's putting up kind of a fight. So he goes in there and then kills her. Like, he just, like, he stabs her and then goes back to stabbing Leno. Oh, so, yeah, he takes an intermission and then just gets back onto it. He just jumps to somebody else. It's... Why... Yeah, nah, I just, well, apparently, like the uh, the she was putting up enough of a fight for the people in there. Like, I guess she like broke free and was um, causing enough of a, a fuss. So they basically held her down, and he just he just kills her. Wow! <laughs> but he can't do that to the other person. I'm sure. That, I hope. I, I know it sounds cold, but I hope Leno. I hope it happened quick. Yeah, twelve to feel twelve stabs. You know. Yeah, I mean, if anything probably at least passed out because of pain after the first four. I mean, like, there's no way of making it 12 stabs. No, no. God. That's, that's a a test I don't want experiment with. Bayonets to, uh, to describe them. Like it's literally like a spear, but the, this isn't like, a. it's usually they're like really kind of long, thin. Yeah. Uh, a fa- like a, a thin things that kind of stick out. They kind of are like a, I don't know, like an L shape that sticks out from the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, and most of them aren't like just flat, like a, a typical knife or spear would be. Yeah, it's like it's a weird angle that I'm pretty sure was originally used to make it hard to stitch back together. Oh, just like that it's made to like the wound. Yeah, yeah. Whether it be like a weird kind of like tri-blade, like just elongated triangle. But yeah. it wasn't a normal like knife they taped to a barrel. No, no, it's a it's 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 made to kind of like stick out like past the barrel. And I was trying to find uh uh specifically images of it to kind of describe exactly which one they used, but because sometimes bayonets are and it it doesn't say. Uh, sometimes bayonets can be uh, knives that have yeah. like a, a now it's more of a World War II thing. Yeah. Um, I actually I have one 
Uh, oh really? Yeah, it was a gift. It was pretty. It's pretty cool. I'm not a, a, a huge World War II aficionado, but uh, some of that stuff is really cool. But uh, it was a gift, and it's designed like where the hilt has like a hole that that slides over the barrel, and yeah. like it built into the grip, it's a groove that slides onto the gun. Yeah. So it's like it's not a, a dedicated bayonet. It's like you can turn basically the knife plus the 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 rifle turns into like a spear kind of thing. Yeah. Like you, you put it together, but you can take it apart, and now you have a knife too. The DIY, like, kit. it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a put it, it's a, a put it uh, DIY spear, yeah. So, uh, I mean, I, I was trying to see if that was maybe the case because that, that's more of a knife that makes kind of sense because it's a really heavy duty steel knife. Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't say, and now I'm just to assume when they say specifically bayonet, because you would call that a knife. You look at it and you go, "That's a knife." Yeah, that's it's just true. got a weird hilt where it sits on the uh, sits over your thumb. That just looks kind of weird, but otherwise, yeah. it's it's a knife. But a bayonet is specifically um, the curved needle, basically that goes on the end of your gun. Yeah, and that's that's a nasty thing to get stabbed with. Yeah, because you're right; like it's tapered too. So as you stab in, the wound gets more and more separated, yeah. and usually they have like a cross pattern. So like it's it's cutting in multiple ways, so it just makes it harder for things to grow back. Yeah, it's a mean, mean thing to do to somebody. Yeah. Um, <laughs> certain like types of blades, because of that reason, are actually outlawed. Like a oh, that curved like a twisted spiral. One? Yeah, yeah, a spiral blade. Like it, it's like a it's like a drill bit. Yeah, you can't. How how are you gonna sew that? Yeah, it's nasty. So it's nasty. Yeah, those are illegal. Yeah. It's kind of a fucked up person would have one of those too. Yeah, that's true. Because that that means you're doing stuff with that. You know what I mean? Like that. There's there's a knife because you can do things with a knife. Like other things, like cut rope. <laughs> um, what what is what is that? What is what is rope? Uh, you can you just a knife is a tool until it's yeah. being used by a tool. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah, that curved twisted blade knife shit. What else can you do? What do with you that? do with that? What else do you do with that? That's not like whittling some wood. No, you can't do anything with it. You can't cut steak with it. You can't, you know, uh, descale fish with, I suppose you could, but it's kind of stupid looking. That would be an experiment I'd like to try. Is what else can you do with a knife like that? <laughs> what else can you do with that person you should put on a registry knife? <laughs> I don't even want to own one. I obviously don't want to own yeah. one, but I don't even want to like... I, I was thinking like, yeah, that would be kind of an interesting experiment. I was like, I don't want to buy one. Yeah. I don't want it. It's a creepy thing to have. Let's see if I can rent one. <laughs> <laughs> Is that guy... I know this guy who wears glasses like like sunglasses like all the time <laughs> i think he might have one he's always looking over his shoulder to see if somebody's watching him you know the khaki shorts and uh trench coat that guy somehow tucked in <laughs> the bottoms of the trench coat are just coming out the sides of the <laughs> where's a trench coat in florida yeah yeah that's one does that guy Leather one. <laughs> wow. The Matrix ruined a lot of fashion. They ruined long coats. Yeah. It's a great movie, but it ruined long coats for anybody. I mean, it also probably inspired some people to 
move in that direction as well. Uh, I hope uh, you're probably right, but I would hope not. That's such a good movie. I mean, it did for me for a while. <laughs> <laughs> all bl- all black clothes. Oh, I tried it. You know, dappled. <laughs> Hi, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> We've all made poor decisions. <laughs> so, uh, kind of back to things getting really brutal here. So, with the bayonet. By the way, so he's killed both people, both Leno and Rosemary. Okay. Perfectly innocent people. Yep. Literally at the ran they're at they're just it just ran it's the most random bullshit. It's like you get struck by lightning. It just happened to live next door to a party that happened a while ago. That Manson went to. That's that's how outrageous it is. Like he could get struck by lightning or this could happen to you. They probably never even knew the party happened. Yeah. Who knows if they were even living there? Oh wow! I didn't say they might have been there the whole time. Well, they might have, you know they might have lived in a house for thirty years. I'm not sure, but um, who's to say they were even there? Right? That's just the yeah. house that was next to theirs. And they didn't say in the research, but yeah. What if they were just renting it for a weekend getaway? Who knows? Like, it just it, it's so fucked a up. Bad review. God. Uh, but uh, they carved war into uh. Oh, Leno's abdomen. By the way, uh, so going back, real quick recap. Charles Manson thought some kind of crazy race war was going to happen. Yes, uh, and it w- and basically he thought the Beatles were hinting that it was going to happen in their album, like they knew it was coming. Okay, and he heard all this stuff in the White Album, and he waited. And I guess the war wasn't happening soon enough, so that's why they're doing a lot of this horrible shit. Well, that's why oh. he's justifying doing a lot of this horrible shit uh, by causing all this like mayhem and stuff to like hopefully get the wars like jump started. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but or is it he's a he's a spiteful, weird asshole that is just mad that he didn't get his record deal. So he's just killing anybody that he's just hoping and praying that it's Terry Melcher that lives in the house. Wow. And Celio Drive, you know. Whatever. So, um, so he carved war into Leno's abdomen and then Rosemary between getting stabbed, you know, be, between getting a, you know, act, you know, getting the killing blow from Watson, Rosemary had gotten attacked by Krenwinkel and Van Houten, uh, with kitchen knives. Uh, and apparently she was stabbed a total of 41 times. Uh, most gracefully being afflicted after she'd already died. Wow. So they're just stabbing a corpse 41 times, essentially. I mean, you talk about the place as not having a reason. Yeah. Not really. There's no reason at all to keep stabbing anything after it's dead. This guy's like the executive at a grocery store, and she co-owns a dress shop. Wow. They're the most, like, normal people yeah and there's nothing wrong with that they're just living their fucking lives and then these assholes have the gall to decide that they're gonna end it you know what i mean there's, yeah wow oh god um so watson then cleaned off the bayonet and then showered at the house so he wiped off wow. his stuff took a shower just insult to injury uh, Krenwinkel wrote Rise and Death to Pigs on the walls and then Helter Skelter on the refrigerator door in their blood. Oh. 
So all of these references, like Rise, uh, Death to Pigs, and uh, Helter Skelter, all these specific songs, uh, of specific titles, are directly being pulled from the White Album. Okay. I mean, obviously Helter Skelter, uh, but uh, Death to Pigs comes from, like, there's a, a song that Lennon writes about piggies or something like that. He kind of says, like, pigs yeah. are a part of the song. And then Rise comes from uh, another song as well. Huh. We're going to break that down in some more detail, but that's, that's why this particular murder scene is relevant. Okay. To our particular situation. Um, so, um, they had, yeah. Oh God. So Crydwinkle, uh, so stout. So they, can they, they put this in a really kind of weird way. Excuse me. I believe it's part of the 41 stab wounds total that happened to, uh, oh, I'm sorry. This is, this is Leno. I'm sorry. Uh, so Crydwinkle, uh, goes up to Leno who's already been stabbed multiple times. He's been 12 times. Okay. Um, by Watson, but Krenwinkle goes up to Leno and then stabs him 14 more times. Uh, and, uh, this is with an ivory handled, uh, two tined carving fork. Wow. You know what I mean? Like that kind of like, uh, yeah. U shaped, like, you know, what you use to carve the Turkey with kind of, man. Fork. So she stabs him a, a bunch of times with that thing. And then the reason that is important because she, uh, uh, Jesus, she stabs him in the stomach with it and like plants it in there and then she leaves it. And then she planted a steak knife in his throat. Wow. Yeah. It's just this monstrous levels of shit. Yeah. So like, yeah, just kind of like stab, leave, and then stab, leave. Which is leaving him jetting, you know, just sticking out. Just as I don't, I don't know why you do that. I don't yeah, know why you do any mean, of this in the first place, but they really wanted to leave a scene. Yeah. I mean, I guess it wasn't witchy enough. I don't, I don't know. So <laughs> I know this isn't real. I mean, so the murders have happened and now they're leaving. Right. Um, <laughs> and this is, this next scene's kind of funny to me. I know this has been really, really dark, but this next scene's kind of funny to me because it just shows how much of a piece of shit Manson was. Um, so Manson drove, uh, the other three members. So Krenwinkle and Lobby, uh, and sorry, Krenwinkle and, uh, I believe it's, uh, Hooten are still at the house. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I think Krenwinkle and Hooten are still at the house. So Manson takes the, uh, other three, the three remaining family members. I might've gotten that mixed up, but. The three remaining family members that have, I guess, done whatever they've already done at the house. And he drives them to Venice to the home of a famous actor. I could not find out who the actor was. Huh. But apparently they could go to the home of an actor. And he left them there and uh, wanted them to kill that guy. Like, basically, there was going to be a round three in the yeah. same day. So Manson drove them to the, the actor's house. He left them there and then drove to Spawn Ranch, leaving them to hitchhike home. Wow. <laughs> well, the, the level of being an asshole just doesn't end with this. There's no limit. He murders a bunch of people and then leaves them to hitchhike home. 
You take wow. care of that guy, and I'm gonna drive. I'm going. You guys go here, and I'm going home. You got. You guys got this right. Oh, okay, cool. I'm. I'm gonna go to bed. Like, <laughs> you guys bye. got. I hope you guys have money for a cab fare, but we gave you all of our possessions. Well, that sucks. <laughs> Manson out. Why would you do that? <laughs> it's almost like you guys are idiots or something. So, according to Kasabian, uh, Manson wanted his followers to murder the actor in his apartment, but Kasabian claims that uh, she thwarted this murder by deliberately knocking on the door um, uh, to make, like, to wake up a stranger. Like, she, sorry, she knocked on the door of the wrong apartment built, like, wrong, wrong door of the apartment complex or whatever. Basically, that she intentionally made noise. Uh, to wake people up, you know, she's so good all of a sudden. Oh, yeah. And she's just been involved with killing, like, what, six people? And brutally. Wasn't she also the one that stabbed and left the fork and the knife in the other person? Uh, that was uh, Krynwinkle. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, Kasabian, I believe. Uh, I think Kasabian was the uh, driver. Oh. I believe she was the driver from before. Uh, so she was trying to thwart the murders of all the, yeah, all of a sudden. Yeah. But she's, yeah, yeah, she's such a good person. Uh, the group abandoned the murder plan once they woke everybody up, but Atkins, uh, took a shit in the stairwell on the way out. Oh, as you do. Just, uh, I guess it's the next best thing to murder if you're an asshole. (laughs) You know what? We didn't get, we didn't do exactly what we wanted to do tonight. But at least I shat their stairwell. We accomplished something. Maybe that's in the handbook. In the cultist handbook. They get to a payphone and, uh, you know, they call it Spawn Ranch and then Manson's just doing whatever his asshole self does and picks up the phone. Yeah. He didn't murder him. Well, obviously, code, it's a code five. Did you take your shit in the stairwell? Yes! Well, at least it's a partial victory. Yes, the war shall begin. (laughs) Shitting on the stairwell is one of the five pillars that will summon the apocalypse. Paragraph 5, subset B. When cannot complete a murder, must at least shit in a stairwell. (laughs) That's why we eat a lot of fiber. (laughs) And LSD. So, um, yeah. So now we are out of the, the most of the murder stuff, pretty much. So that was, that was a ride. Welcome to our first sort of true crime episode. Man. I still can't get over that. That means they didn't wipe. And so, <laughs> hold, on. <Still> <laughs> hold, hold on, hold on, hold on a second. Oh, please. They got dropped off. They knew that they had to walk all the way back or hitchhike. You're going to walk. What if they got out of the car? They didn't really specify. But what if they got out of the car? Manson was just still in the car. He's like, all right, now you guys go murder that actor. And they go turn around. And then like the car just takes off. And he just like holds his hand out the window like deuces and just drives off. And like, but still, so they know going up to the apartment, like they don't have a ride back. (laughs) I get what you're saying. The murder doesn't happen. <laughs> You're still going to take a shit and not be able to wipe and either have to hitchhike chafe that or shit, walk. Chafe that shit all the way back. 
There is not a single good idea in all of this. Yeah, that's how much forethought and plan. He just, whoever it was, just hopes that it was a new wiper, but the likelihood oh. is very, very small. I mean, yeah, I mean, we're talking, we're talking cults Ooh, here. That's I, awful. I don't think that they have the best of diets. Do you know that you're some kind of like levels of fucked up in the brain when you can put your pants on without taking care of stuff? I, you know what I mean? Unless like you're doing it to get to more toilet paper, I get it. It's like, but even then you're like walking weird, you know? I'll waddle if my pants are on my ankles. I don't care <laughs> until I get that <laughs> nice clean paper. I, no. <laughs> That's a good point. You know what? That makes me feel a little bit better that one of these assholes had to walk all the way back. <laughs> if, you're, if there's anything to take away from this, just know. Anything. Maybe that kept him from getting some rides, too, because he's like, all right, man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not getting in my car. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's goat skin leather. <laughs> I don't know what I'd make it out of. It's like, it was like, oh, man. I, just, I, I almost would rather hope that he forgot in that instance that he didn't have a ride. <laughs> in, in the middle <laughs> oh of, man! Oh, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get them back. I know we couldn't complete the murder, but I'm still. Look gonna... at it! Look at it! It's across three <laughs> steps. It must be a new record. You know oh, that we have to walk oh, back. Right? Oh wait! Oh man! You know what? Doesn't pay to be an asshole. Yeah, that makes me feel better about this whole story. You know, if if I can, if it helps us sleep just a minute longer, it's just to know that 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 <laughs> son of a bitch had to walk all. The, I hope he had to walk every mile. Oh yeah, every mile. That chafed asshole. Wonder what he was wearing. <laughs> you know it's tight pants. You know it's tight pants. That leather thong still in the question. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, that's the kind of that's kind of friction I'm talking about. <laughs> that's what I hope for that asshole. Giving a whole new meaning, <laughs> literally, it <and> figuratively. <laughs> it's a whole new meaning to rawhide. <laughs> Run him up, roll him in, roll him out, roll him out. <laughs> Uh, right them in raw thighs. <laughs> yeah, that makes me feel better. Ah, just a little bit. Yep. Just a little bit. A little bit. Anyway, so now we answer the question we've been dying to know. What's the connection? What is, why is this on, why is this topic on a music podcast? What is the Helter Skelter scenario? Well, the, so, so to kind of reiterate, the Helter Skelter scenario is basically like the theory that the, those murders that we've just covered. Hey, Ziggy, what's up? Ziggy Smalls on Instagram. Um, that uh, these murders were derived from the lyrics of Beatles tunes. And that is yes. called the Helter Skelter scenario. Okay. These are the arguments that, that uh, and we're going to get into that. We're going to get into the, uh, the lawyer's name and stuff here in a minute, but... These are the things that Manson found in the White Album. Okay. All right. Okay. So, buckle in. 
So Manson discovered the White Album on December 1968. I believe it was New Year's uh, while visiting Los Angeles. Uh, it was uh, well, he came, so it was like New Year's, and then he he hears he he experiences the White Album for the first time. Like it, yeah. it had only been out for a few months. Like he gets it in December, and it had only come out like a couple months. What do we say, November? Yeah, of that year. So it's not it's a brand new album. So he he gets obsessed with it to the point where he starts making his followers listen to it. Like it's not, hey man, this is a cool album. It's I decree as cult. This is our theme song. Cult head honcho. This is now Helter Skelter's our theme song. You will you will stand for all ninety three minutes of the national anthem. Wow. I don't know about the national anthem. That's a the last bit's a joke, but. Uh, no, he does obsessively listen to it, and his followers, therefore, have to obsessively listen to it. So he would listen to it on repeat, trying and just just because I guess he liked it, and then just because he's taking LSD and you know whatever else he's taking, he's already kind of a broken mind anyway. He starts pulling things out of the album. The album starts speaking to him in different ways. A lot of things will speak to you when on you're on LSD. drugs like that. Yeah. Things that don't usually speak will start speaking to you. And repeat. Like the album would finish and then you just start over. Like repeat. Now, this is vinyls too. So he's just constantly flipping vinyls, listening to it over and over and over again. Wow. Yeah. Obsessively. Like not, man, that was a good album. Time for round two. We're talking, man, that was a good album. Time for round 15. Man, that was a good album. Time for round 35. Wow. Yeah. In a day. Just multiple times a day and it's an hour it's an hour and a half long i made it amazing i made it through half of it a little over half of one listen and i was done yeah i already walk in not liking the beatles i'm sorry everybody but i did for my research of this I put it on my speak my head uh, my uh, Bluetooth speaker, and I listened to it while I was doing research. At one point, I get up and I turn it off and rather sit in silence than listen to the white album. <laughs> it's is it because of all the revelation talk in it? Uh, I mean, I, I you know after forty five minutes of the devil talking to you, it gets a little old. Yeah, it starts to wear on you. You know. So many, so many times where my soul's going to go, how, what, what horrible things he's going to do with it, how many leather thongs are actually involved. Um, just <laughs> how not, many lamp rope is there? Just, uh, yeah, just not, it gets old. It does eventually get old. It's a little shocking, horribly shocking. First 10 minutes, 45 minutes. It's, he just, yeah, you know, meh, meh, do something else. Cool trick, bro. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so um, Manson member Brooke, uh, Brooke, wow, they all have weird names. Brooke Poston uh, said that Manson asked him, are you hip on what the Beatles are saying? Because now he's getting prophecy from the Beatles. Ah. So Manson said, <laughs> I love his quotes. They all start with like, are you hip? Or like, dig it. This is a quote from Manson. Dig it. The Beatles know all about revelations and what is going and what is going to come down. They have been sending me messages through their music, as in specifically him. 
sending me messages through their wow. music. They have been looking for me. They know what they know that man's son is here on earth to carry out this mission, but they haven't known who I am. Oh, this guy is insane. Helter Skelter is coming down. The Beatles are telling it like it is. Uh, Helter Skelter, by the way, became Manson's like name for the upcoming race war, directly pulled from the song Helter Skelter. Wow. Uh, quoted one of the members, before Helter Skelter came along, all Charlie cared about was orgies. Oh. So the White Album's so good that it takes you off of group sex <laughs> to the <laughs> impending Revelations race war. Yeah, I mean, orgies are cool, but... You know what's really cool? The White Album by the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> He's just a nerd with a, a lot of charisma. I mean, we've all had our fair share of orgies, but have you ever listened to the White Album by the Beatles? We, we've all had our fair share of 23rd and a quarter sums, but listen, listen. <laughs> the White Album is four albums long. Really, it's a, it's a deal. <laughs> so... So the White Album was soon resonating through the entire Manson family. Like it just, that's daily practice for them is to listen to this thing on repeat. Uh, one instance uh, he used to, to one instance he used to prove his divinations was that a member uh, that one of the members' names, uh, well, Susan Adkins, uh, her her real name is Susan Adkins. He would change her name to uh, Sadie Mae Glutes, Glutes, like G L U T Z. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. Okay. Sadie Mae Glutes before the White Album came out and the album featured a song called Sexy Sadie. So just because he called somebody Sadie and that an album had a song called Sexy Sadie on it, divination. That means it's going to end real soon. That means the world is coming to an end, Mae Glutes. Um, I, 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 that, that's, that's the level of like bending things and making stuff seeing what he prophecy. wanted to see yes that's I the mean, first thing we talked that was something we talked about in the elvis episode yeah wow if you want to see it it's there no matter what you're looking for you got it's a 100 um so he interpreted some of the lyrics in the love ballad i will uh so the lyrics are your song will fill the air sing it out loud i can hear you he interpreted this is, those are the actual lyrics. Okay, so he interpreted that as telling him to make his own album to spread the message about how he was the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Oh, yes. It's just an excuse so that people are like, you know, what happened is like the followers, like just just a number of them that were just somewhat savvy, finally got him to stop fucking singing and stop pursuing. The ridiculous idea that he was going to make a record one day. And I'm like, oh, thank Jesus Christ. And then he hears that and he's like, I have new ambition. It involves recording an album. And I was like, Jesus. Fuck. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, amidst the orgies, I, I listened to this one album and really inspired me to then realize that I was Jesus Christ and make my own album to tell everyone that. I just listened to it and I thought, Maybe I'm Jesus. <laughs> I stopped oraging for a moment and realized <laughs> the act, the act of orange, orange, the act of to orange, 
Uh, <laughs> I took a little pause on the origin um, and realized that I am Jesus Christ. I need to tell everyone in song. I quickly threw the four people that were laying on top of me <laughs> off to the side. <laughs> Suddenly standing to the feet proclaiming, I am Jesus. <laughs> Charles Jesus Christ Manson. <laughs> I knew it. I knew that's what the JC that wasn't there was for. Ah, that's what it must mean. Ha. What is rope? <laughs> <laughs> that's the next question. Maybe rope is Jesus. I pushed these four women rope off of me. <laughs> and then I listened to this rope that's in a circular motion that I could hear. <laughs> Once I untied the rope that keeps the toast together, the bread together, had <laughs> myself some toast. God. Uh, and the song Honey Pie, you know, the one... Uh, we were talking about earlier about the vaudeville, you know, the vaudeville stuff. Um, <laughs> what's this good? Um, so Honey Pie apparently reinforced that he was the singing messiah. And you'd think that if he was the singing messiah, that he would sound a little better. I'm going to be honest. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Like, uh, I don't know. I just think the singing messiah would I don't, maybe be a little more operatic. I'm not sure. Yeah, I I just imagine some, like, soul. I mean, I mean, if, if it worked out the way I really would hope it worked out, it's actually some, like, power metal Bruce Dickinson shit. That's what I'd hope for, but... <laughs> he has risen. <laughs> <laughs> just like a horse with, like, just like a Pegasus and shit. <laughs> Too much chrome. <laughs> Head in a room of 30 naked people. I realize that I am Jesus Christ and have risen just like my erection. <laughs> Jesus shows back up, but it's basically like Axl Rose at a concert. <laughs> Hello, Cincinnati! <laughs> Yow! <laughs> oh, All right, man. so the song, so these are the actual lyrics to Honey Pie. Oh, Honey Pie, my position is tragic. Come and show me the magic of your Hollywood song. Manson's interpretation. The Beatles know Jesus Christ has returned to Earth and is in Los Angeles. They want Manson to create his song. That is his album that will set off Helter Skelter. Not all that is a quote, by the way, but that's... Well, these aren't really quotes. These are just like his interpretations yeah. that he would like write down and stuff later. But yeah, that's it. basically what I heard. Uh, oh, honey pie, you're driving. It's just like the bubbly, like, just like I just, I just picture this. Obviously, I can't play it, but just like the bubbly music that's it's happening in the background, just basically the equivalent of like some bullshit la 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 di da music. And then just, <laughs> oh, honey pie, you're driving me frantic. Sail across the Atlantic to be where you belong. The Beatles want Jesus Christ to come to England. <laughs> I could just imagine him like stopping everything he's doing and be like, hey, pausing the music. Did you hear what I just heard? Everyone stop orging. <laughs> Listen to this. Stop. I know you're all in the midst of orgy. I know. Let's go back to uh, 
You're all in the midst of an orgy right now, but I just want you to stop to listen to these top five tracks. Did you hear what I just heard? They clearly just said, Honey Pie obviously is an anagram for Satan. <laughs> you gotta put S's and A's in there, but you'll figure it out. Uh, so the song Helter Skelter, there is a song on the White Album, if you're not aware, Okay, that is called Helter Skelter. Yes. And uh, the song, <laughs> he thought that song was about the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Obviously. Obviously. I mean, Helter Skelter, I mean, to give him credit, which he doesn't deserve any, but that does sound kind of cool. Helter Skelter. You're like, Skelter, skeletons, metal. Yeah. But what it kind of actually means, uh, so the words Helter doesn't really mean anything, and Skelter doesn't really mean anything, but Helter Skelter, the, the two words together, means kind of general chaos, and um, I believe... Uh, Paul McCartney, who wrote this song, uh, got this name from like a, a fair ride in England. Oh, yeah, it's like a, it's like a slide. Like I think the the comparison in America is like the tornado slide, like a swirly type thing. Yeah, I guess it's a slide that kind of like throws you around a little bit. You know, it's it's supposed to be like a chaotic slide. It's like it's crazy. You know, yeah, give you a little jostle. Yeah, but it, it's completely innocent. Like it's just, it's called Helter Skelter's. It's the name of the, of a slide he likes. So that's what he named okay. his song after. And <laughs> and even if the song was about anything heavy, it'd be about slight disarray. You know, yeah, not a race war or the four horsemen of the apocalypse, who are apparently named Ringo Harrison, Lennon, McCartney, <laughs> the Pale Rider, McCartney, <laughs> John Lennon's pestilence. We all know that. So in Manson's mind, uh, benign songs like Blackbird, Piggies, and most prominently Helter Skelter foretold a bloody apocalyptic race war. Uh, so again, reiterating, the battles didn't happen soon enough for him. They weren't on uh, Manson's. Manson's got a you know, calendar, clock sticking. Yeah. Calendars, it shows these wars need to start. So he decided to jumpstart everything by murdering essentially random people. Yeah. You know, to cause helter skelter because the all everything was so chaotic. You know, he's like, "Oh, people are gonna freak out because it's Dang. so random." Yeah. So, after interviewing several Manson family members, prosecutor Vincent uh, Bugliosi found a consistency in their descriptions of his mythology surrounding the White Album, Manson's mythology surrounding the White Album, and uh, garnered connections between it and in the Book of Revelations. Basically, by inter he, he put the Helter Skelter theory together by interviewing a bunch of different members and them all saying that Manson thought it was related to Revelations. Okay. Like, they're all saying the same thing. So he didn't just pull the, the, the prosecutor didn't just pull Helter Skelter scenario, that term and phrase and this whole thing out of his ass, like, yeah, allegedly. So that's where he says it comes from. So in 1970, so, you know, the court case has happened, things like that. I encourage you to go through it. It's, a, it's, a, it's an insane story, yeah. the court hearings themselves. Uh, in 1970, uh, 70, Manson told Rolling Stone from prison. Um, spoiler. <laughs> huh. This music is bringing on the revolution, the unorganized overthrow of the establishment. 
the Beatles know what's happening in the sense that the subconscious knows. Manson likes songs like Blackbird, Piggies, Revolution 1, and Helter Skelter, Revolution, and Revolution 9 the most on those albums. On the album. Yeah. Those are like his top ones. So breaking those down some more, Revolution 9 was uh, connected by Manson to the ninth chapter of the Book of Revelations. Wow. <laughs> I love it. Oh, it's so random. All right, so so this is verses. Uh, I did not get exactly what version of the Bible this is, but essentially verses two and three of the Bible. And he opened the the bottomless pit, and there came out smoke locusts uh, came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth, and unto them was given power, as the scorpions of the earth have power. Uh, so Manson interpreted the locusts to be the beetles. Okay, yeah. According to not not quite the same thing, but sure. And according to Watkins, as the the as the scorpions of the earth have power, the power of the scorpion that is Manson, a Scorpio, would prevail. So the power basically Manson is the power of the scorpion because he was born in the the Scorpio part of the calendar. Oh, so that's he's like he's, he's dude, into astrology. Dangerous thing. <laughs> <laughs> and the bottomless pit uh, is the underground city in which the man's <laughs> the underground city is <laughs> sorry the bottomless pit is the underground city in which the Manson family would ride out the ravages of Helter Skelter the family would be lowered into this by means of gold rope there it is there's all the they rope they finally know what rope is they're know not allowed is? to use it you know what it is they're saving all their rope they're sa- they, yeah. they can't use any rope they know because they have to save it to make For the rope the end to times get yeah, they need it to get to the underground city. I'm like, you don't want to come up short. So clearly, you're not going to waste rope on a stupid rope. thing like you know what? tying someone. It's not, it's not that they don't know what rope is. is they know how important it is. So they got to use everything else. Rations, food. <laughs> Forget all of it. They just, they just, we need to make room for the rope. We need to make room. <laughs> But what I imagine is like he's he thought that the foretold was like golden rope, but then what he had was like a patched work of like some actual rope and then you know some lamp rope, a couple extension cords, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just a uh, piece together like they're trying to gather people to create this long chain of. <laughs> but Manson, the rope isn't gold. It will be. <laughs> pulls, pulls out a can. God has given us this answer. So Manson uh, Manson also bought gold rope at a Santa Monica sporting goods store. Wow. I guess gold colored rope. I guess just to have it on hand. And by the way, it's not like they have an underground base that they're building. It's just apparently going to be there. Yeah. You'll know it and you see it. So you'll know the underground stronghold when you see it. Yeah, it's like when you tell your friends some directions. It's like, yeah, the one with the big house, the big tree up front. You'll you'll know when you oh, see it. Oh, you'll see the stacks of gold rope. Oh yeah, you can see that from. You're gonna know. Yeah, that you'll know. Bottomless it. pit. You'll know <laughs> when you see it. Really hard to miss. <laughs> so verse fifteen. Uh, this is all in Revelations, by the way. In verse fifteen, and the four angels <laughs> were loosed. Which prepared for an uh, 
which were prepared for an hour and a day and a month and a year for to slay the third part of men. Bugliosi wrote, the four angels were the four beetles. Wow. Who Watson claims were prophets who were preparing the way for Jesus Christ, who Watson wrote was Manson to lead them across the way to safety. McCartney's the pale horse. I mean, so that leaves so the pestilence, war, famine, and uh, that some change. The other one changes: pestilence, famine. Even if Manson prediction was even close to correct, you think that the four horsemen are going to trust some guy who shows up with rope he bought at the store? Some fake gold spray painted together electric cords. I'd love for that part of the of that part of Revelations to actually be right. So the the the, the fab four ride up on their horses dressed yeah. like they're from like Sergeant Peppers or some shit. <laughs> We're the four horsemen of the apocalypse. We're here to kill a third of men. Hello Manson, you've done well. Yes. Yes, I've got the rope. Did you leave a turd in the stairwell? Yes, you followed our instructions to the T. <laughs> that was a test, and you passed. How does it feel to win, Manson? How does it feel? Rotting in prison. Well, he's dead now. Oh, oh. nice. The world is a little bit lighter of yeah. one piece of shit. <laughs> so verse 16. And the number of the army of the horsemen were 200,000 thousand I don't know if that's a typo. And I heard the number of them. Actually, no, it's not a typo. 200,000 horsemen were the straight Satan smoke motorcycle gang members Manson was attempting to recruit for the family. Oh, yeah. That's exactly what they meant. Uh, so 200,000 were maybe 100 bikers. Because this, this is the time where biker gangs are like at their like the peak. Yeah. So there is actually going to be a gang or so with a couple hundred like hell's angels has had like branches yeah of uh, members also a fascinating story uh but uh the straight satans i believe were one of the bigger ones too and then just uh i don't think they just wanted to have anything to do with them the straight satans were to be the manson's family's uh, needed military wing <laughs> according to the Watkins. uh uh, according to Watkins, the bikers and the family would cruise through Helter Skelter and the manner of a flock of birds, all turning in one direction or another without even the sound from their leader. Wow. So they were just going to be like a flock of birds. Just get him out. Okay. I I know it was a, it was a thing of the times and, you know, being a, a hippie and stuff like that. We're, we're kind of like coming out of that, still kind of in the era of free love and stuff like that. Yeah. Hippies don't bathe as much as the next person at this time. Apparently right. some of them don't wipe after taking shit on. Apparently some not either. Um, but uh, also, I don't imagine necessarily bikers at this point usually probably smelt that great either. I'm just picturing the downwind of this group moving as a flock of birds would probably clear a, a decent amount of the road. Not just bikers, but the bikers that accepted to go with Manson. <laughs> like, that's a whole different type of biker. That's not your normal every day. That's 
the bikers that agreed to go with him that's a special group of people and the one guy just becomes like a, a captain or general and he's just like yeah oh, for the initiation you uh you have to shit not wipe and then walk like 15 miles <laughs> yeah everybody does that that's how you get in <laughs> uh, so helter skelter had been written on the door of spawn ranch and one of the family uh the spawn ranch which is like the main the mecca if you will of uh the manson cult like they had yeah. like they stayed in a few spots, but Spawn Ranch would be where they got the biggest. Uh, Manson said that he'd interpreted the words to mean general chaos. In his trial, Manson said helter-skelter means confusion. It literally doesn't mean any war with anyone. It doesn't mean that uh, it doesn't mean that some people are going to kill other people. Helter-skelter is confusion. Confusion is coming around you fast. This is a quote. It is a conspiracy that the that the music. So is it a conspiracy? He's being very pretentious in court, by the way. Yeah. Is it a conspiracy that the music is telling the youth to rise up against the establishment because the establishment is rapidly destroying things? The music speaks to you every day, but you are too deaf, dumb, and blind to even listen to the music. It is not my conspiracy. It is not my music. I hear what it relates. It says rise. It says kill. Why blame me? I didn't write the music. Wow. I'm just insane. Is all that yeah. said. Jeez. Oof. Um, oh, let's go to... In the song Piggies, Harrison wrote down... So in the song Piggies, Harrison's original meaning of it was a shot at the, at like the upper class, the bourgeoisie. Oh, such a big word for pretentious people. Uh, but it was his his shot at the upper class, basically. And Manson took the song as the establishment uh, song as the establishment being brought down in the upcoming war. Like, basically, like, ah, they are the pigs. We are going to kill them. But really, yeah. it's just kind of a general statement about people being too rich. It's not about fighting people. Harrison's just like taking a pot shot at rich people, basically. Wow. Yeah. So... Getting to the book, there's a book called Helter Skelter written by this prosecutor. And he said, this is the prosecutor for the, the court. This is for the trial, by the way. Yeah. After having listened to it myself, I could easily believe that if ever there were such a conflict, that it was probably very much. Uh, sorry. After having listened to it myself, I could easily believe that if there ever was such a conflict, that this was probably very much what it would sound like. So wow. apparently he's buying into it too a little bit. Yeah. Um, man, just continuing on with the quotes, uh, Manson believed that music gives everyone messages. How do I have to appear like I'm some kind of maniac? Because I can hear something the music says. When the music says, somewhere over the rainbow, I'm still there over the rainbow. <laughs> so uh, there's another, like, to wrap up this section, uh, there's an interview he did with Rolling Stone in 1970 where like they asked him how he connected these dots. Yeah. And he's, I mean, he, he just does it. He just tells them, he tells them, give him rant, like, like give me like five songs or something like that. And they did. And then he just sat there and like wrote it all out. Like he's almost like consistent in his insanity. Like all his meanings still were the same things he was pointing to in court. Wow. Uh, yeah, there's, uh, and 
other songs like Rocky Raccoon, Happiness is a Warm Gun, were interpreted by uh, Manson to be uh, basically like there are subliminal messages that predicted the race wars. And I am not going to read those because the descriptions are super racist. Wow. They're racist to the point I'm not comfortable reading them. Yeah. Okay. So uh, if you want to do that research yourself, just know it's bad. It's bad. Fair enough. Uh, he is a racist piece of shit. Yeah. Uh, that's the... Uh, so... You know what I, I dislike more than just someone who's outright insane? Oh, yes. Uh, when they full wholeheartedly believe that there's nothing wrong. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's one thing if like, you're just wrong about something and you can accept like, oh, okay, I'm, I might not be right. But when you just stick to your guns, no matter what, and you're so wrong, but you just won't hear it. Just like you're, you're so insane. You've convinced yourself you're doing the right yeah. thing. Yeah. Or that you just, you just can't be wrong. Which in movies and like stories and books and that always makes a great villain. But that's why is, you know, the villain that thinks that he's a good guy. I, if those are the best villains, you're hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent right on that. Yeah. No, it's, it's ins- like throughout the whole court, uh, the whole court proceedings again, which I, I highly, like, I highly encourage everybody to like get, this is kind of like the, I mean, this is a two-parter and we've gotten into some like, you know, some territory here. But this still isn't all the details. Yeah. And even for being like a, a longer uh, episode than we're trying to stick to. Yeah. It's, we're barely touching it. Yeah. You know? We're we're a ways into the we're way longer than I, I on this episode than I was. Uh, I'm even debating on splitting this episode into two parts and just releasing both of them. <laughs> like, yeah, it's it's there's so many details. Um. But I encourage you all to like do. I mean, if you want to do your own research, I highly encourage it. This is just like I kind of look at a lot of this research as I get into some topics I can really, really deep. Uh, like the Elvis one, there's there's yeah. so much to pull yeah. from. But with this and like everything's so so documented and so well, I mean, just you could have almost an entire show. I mean, how many documentaries are there on Charles Manson? Yeah. Mind Hunters is centered around Manson. Wow, you know, a big part of season two, anyway. So, yeah. uh, I very much encourage people to get into this stuff. I, I, I'm just hoping with stories like these, and I'll let people know, like, if I did what I could with the research, like, at some point, we, we can't fit it all in here. Yeah. Um, to like dig into this yourself. Like, it's so fascinating. So, what I thought would be, uh, what I wanted to get into that we, we've connected, like, you know, how he saw these horrible things and the music that just, that just weren't there. And he is an insane person that's taken so much LSD. And he was already, he was already a, he was already a tormented mind where he kind of almost felt bad for him. And he's doing horrible stuff by the time he's like a young person and then uh, a young man. And then he takes LSD and he breaks an already warped mind. You know what I mean? So it's the levels of things he did. But since we, we've covered all of that stuff, we talked about, you know, who got murdered and what happened. I wanted to talk about what the Beatles thought about all this. Oh, I didn't expect to get there. Uh, I thought what it would you? be. Um, 
I mean, we've covered everything else. I mean, we keep talking about them. I thought like it'd be interesting to hear what they thought of all this. Okay. So the uh, this is the Beatles' responses to everything. So uh, Ringo said, "I mean, this is Ringo Starr. This is a quote for him. I mean, I knew Roman Polanski and Sharon Tate, and God, it's it's a rough time. Like he was friends with them, or at wow. least friendly with them." I think George Harrison might have known them as well. I'm not quite sure, but I know yeah. Ringo was friends with them. Uh, from George Harrison, it was upsetting to be associated with something so sleazy as Charles Manson. And this was a, a, something from an anthology. Uh, <laughs> I, I included this one. and I know like you, it's already pretty bad. And I know I'm kind of biased to John Lennon already, but I still thought this was a particularly shitty quote. Um. Uh. Well, there's 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 kind of two back to back here. Um. Quote. It has nothing to do with me. John Lennon said. In a, he said in a 1980 uh, Playboy interview, Manson was just an ex- this. So sorry, so sorry. This one isn't as bad as the one that's about to happen, but it's still okay. Kind. The first part of this quote is what I meant was really shitty. This next part, I'm kind of like on his side with, and then this ne- the one afterwards in the same article. I don't like. Okay. But this one, Manson was just an extreme version of the people who came to, who came up with the Paul is dead theory. Side note, there is a theory that yeah. Paul McCartney was replaced by a body double. I uh, think that's part of the Abbey road. Uh, and that is album cover. That theory, one for yeah. sure is on the list. That was on the list a while ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, people who came up with the Paul is dead thing or who figured out that the initials of Lucy in the sky of with diamonds were LSD and concluded I was writing about acid. So he's like these people that see what they want to see basically. Yeah. And you're like, okay, yeah, yeah. Later in the same Playboy article, and by the way, this isn't Playboy already. Like, yeah, really great things come out in Playboy. Yeah. Who buys a Playboy? And well, one, who buys a Playboy? And then two, who buys a Playboy to read about murder? <laughs> eh? I can only imagine right? the, the disappointment. It's the same guy that's got that. Not tw- knowing that that's what was in that Playboy magazine. Oh, I grabbed the wrong issue. This isn't penthouse bunnies. This is. Well, good thing I already had these tissues. I need to damp my eyes. <laughs> Oh, man, just the disappointed look. I'm the same guy who buys this Playboy. This Playboy is quite possibly is this like a uh, same guy has that twisty knife. <laughs> no, I, I sincerely think that I don't think that anyone knew that that was going to be in that. Just giving him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Yeah. OK. It was just, okay. you know, sad limp noodle in hand. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Oh man, that sucks. Oh, I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> no, terrible. But later in the same same Playboy, what? A, I, okay, I, I'm trying to get past this sentence, but who? That editor would have had to have been fired. I, He's like, you know, what's in this magazine, right? It's like, you, you know, do you can have you ever read one of these? This is a guy going up to the, the, the like a uh, uh, Hugh Hefner going up to the CEO. He's like, "What murder is the furthest thing 
from from what should be in this magazine. You realize we don't do any actual interviews, right? <laughs> no real interviews. We just make up shit about the people in the magazine. <laughs> yeah, because I don't think people are going to try to like look up the sources in a, in a mag with naked women, a magazine with naked women. In it. <laughs> you think they're fact-checking that Britney likes long walks on the beach? I I'm think not. Sure, I'm, I think not. <laughs> They're just trying to figure out what beach. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah. So they're talking about murder in a Playboy magazine. But anyway, so John Lennon, maybe it wasn't the whole magazine, but just the fact of this art, like this section. I'd love to find the Playboy magazine that has John Lennon on the cover. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. He's, he's on the cover of the magazine. Like, that's the headliner story of this whole magazine is John Lennon's take of this murder. It's like the one person's like, I'm going to be a writer for New York Times. <laughs> and they get a job at Playboy. Got to start somewhere. <laughs> and then just immediately canned. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, to actually get to the article, Lennon said... All that Manson stuff was built around George George's song about pigs and Paul's song about an English fairground. Also, it has nothing. So Lennon also said it has nothing to do with anything and least of all to do with me. Wow. So it has. So he's like, uh, it's like at first he's like, okay. Huh. So it's like it, it has nothing to like it has nothing to do with us. But just in case you find things, it has nothing to do with me. Yeah. So just a just a double like, tap. Me, no. Them, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Paul that might not even that's that's faux Paul. <laughs> that's Paul too. <laughs> faux Paul, maybe. There's Paul McCartney, and that's Paul McCartnot. I don't know who that is. Well, Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney. <laughs> He's obsessed with rope. I thought it was a super douchey quote. But also, real quick, it did have something to do with this asshole, as in Lennon. Both assholes had things to do with each other. Ah. Because Manson used Revolution, uh, the two Revolution songs on the White Album that were written by Lennon. Ah. Of course he's writing the fucking Revolution songs. What is John Lennon? Well, you know, I'm still excited. What is John Lennon going to (laughs) do in the goddamn Revolution? Really, really. Uh, what is he? I want. I want to know an itinerary. The revolution starts. You know, the first. The first cannon has sounded. The youth are uprising against society. Okay. Where's John Lennon? Okay. I doubt the front lines. First steps first. Another Playboy magazine interview. <laughs> Stat. <laughs> Get me on. Get me John Lennon. On the Playboy, how else will I know what to do in the revolution? <laughs> That's all, the only way I know what to do during the end times is by John Lennon telling me via Playboy magazine. <laughs> see, see, it's a coded message. No one would ever think to look there. <laughs> It's only for the select few. That's how they that's how they trade their war secrets back and forth. It's like, well, we could grab these people that speak this lost language over the intercoms and they won't be able to translate. It's like, or we could talk about murder in a Playboy magazine. The lost language is the Playboy magazine, especially nowadays. And you'd have to be just as crazy as Manson to pull to like, you know, use the decoder. It's just like 
I like long walks on the beach and a nice margarita in the afternoons. Ah, ah, yes. That means I'm Jesus. Normandy. <laughs> <laughs> she said it. I'm Christ. Yeah, you, hear, you see it? I am that cool beverage. <laughs> I too like margaritas. Playboy, I'm a boy, I play. <laughs> Satan. Sometimes on the beach. <laughs> oh my god. So <laughs> uh so <laughs> in two thousand Paul McCartney said that uh, Charles Manson interpreted that Helter Skelter was so Paul McCartney kind of reiterates that the yeah. uh, the Helter Skelter was the coming of the the four horsemen, and that apparently he was one of them. Um, I still don't know what this Paul McCartney. I still don't know what all that stuff is. It's from the Bible, Revelations, which I haven't read, so I wouldn't know. But he interpreted the whole thing and arrived at having to go out and kill everyone. It was frightening because you don't write songs for those reasons. I will put a caveat that he that Paul McCartney is obviously not a big Slayer fan. Yeah, no. No. These some people do write those songs. And some of them are fucking terrific. Uh McCartney wouldn't play Helter Skelter live. So so this is happening, you know, late 60s, 68. Yeah. He wouldn't play so he liked Helter Skelter. It's one of his songs, right? Yeah. He wouldn't play it live again till 2004. I mean, that's I hard. don't blame him. That's, I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't either. But imagine like um, going again, coming from the perspective, not saying, obviously not saying we're on par with McCartney here. Yeah. Uh, but as coming from you know, musicians that have spent a long time on some songs, like some of the songs I brought to our band, uh, I've spent what water uh waters on uh the take me with the flood album i've spent five years with one of those riffs and it's just i couldn't wow. ever place it anywhere and then i just had one day where i had this moment that uh i completed the other riffs of the song and then um basically handed it off to connor and connor's a brilliant composer so he yeah. connor's really good at like taking the crazy things i bring to him and making them into a cohesive thought yeah, he's very, very good at that. And but uh, but uh, there's there's so much love and passion that goes into um these songs that we write and anybody's music. I mean, they have such an attachment of yeah. it. And if, and if it's and if it's a good song, it's you putting yourself into it. You know, that's yeah, what essentially exactly. you literally sound like. That's what your brain sounds like. Yeah, I think it's kind of cool if you translate yeah. it that way. I haven't thought about it like that. Yeah, it's like you're, it's the language, it's the pure language of your brain. Yeah. Um. So it's heartbreaking to me that uh, somebody wouldn't that basically that gets stolen from somebody. Yeah. Uh, despite, I mean, it's like I said, as much as I don't care for the Beatles, I just I respect them quite a bit. But um, like going just McCartney just not being able to play one of his own songs and not feeling comfortable. And uh, thinking it would be, and the, the level of thinking it would be disrespectful yeah. if he played that song live. And he waited till 2004 before he did again. That's just really sad. It is. I mean, how would you react yeah. if a song you wrote caused a cult to the scale of Manson, Marilyn, or 
uh, Charles. So I would I would say it didn't cause a madman interpreted. I don't know if you could say caused. Okay. Yes. So, but I, I mean, he did kind of. He took that helter skelter as like that was the name of his. He took that and ran with it. Yeah, that was kind of like. I mean, even still, like, if you write a song, and then the world's, well, not the world's greatest villain, but like, a, just a terrible ass of a human being, is like, oh, that's now my theme song, and murders people. Oh my god! It's like if um. Shit, I know. You, okay, so like a when you say like ultimate villain taking your song, it'd be like if uh, um, Hitler claimed. Uh, oh shit! Um, what's the name of that song? Uh, this was <laughs> the um, uh, song from Smash Mouth. Oh, All Star! All Star! It's like if Hitler claimed All Star. Like, ah, yeah. yeah, that's the sound. Yep, I like it. It is a catchy tune. You know what I mean? It's yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's and then like played it while he was storming the beaches. And I know, like, it's I know that's like a joke, but like everybody loves that song, whether you yeah. like like it ironically or like it. I actually like the song. Yeah, it's a good song. It is a good song. It's a feel good song, and it makes you feel good. That's what I'm more on aiming for here. Less of the fact that it's connected to Shrek, but there's a lot of memories to it. Yeah, that's the reason I went that route. There's a lot of memories connected. Yeah, to how like it's like that's a Shrek song. It's a fun it's a fun Shrek song when he kicks open the door, blah blah blah. The song that got played when you got your door kicked in when you were drunk. Yeah, that one. <laughs> and suddenly the literal one of the top ten literal worst people on the planet decides that's my that's my uh my theme song. Yep. Uh I'm taking some lyrics and that's my catchphrase. Oh that to the that's the the sound of my genocide is the sound of a song that used to make you really happy. And yeah. even if you beat Hitler in the best, well, I mean, we didn't get him in the best way, but let's say he did, and we, you know, we beat Hitler again. Uh, you know, we go through, we go through, like again, we go through with beating Hitler and stuff. Song still tainted. Yeah, it's forever known as, uh, oh yeah, that was Hitler's song. You know. Yeah. And now that's that's kind of. I think I hope Helter Skelter has kind of lived past some of that. But it, if anybody does like two Google searches or a Google search, just. There it is. Yeah. It'll be forever associated with that. It's just kind of sad. But what do you do? Uh, I, I'd scrap it, probably. Oh, no. I I think McCartney did the right thing in waiting. Yeah. It's sad that he had to, but um, I think he waited long enough for it to at least stop being in the circle of things. Yeah. Because another thing that would have been terrible is if uh, he played the song and everyone's like, oh, he's going after that hype. Yeah. He's writing the, he's, oh, so he's surfing on the coffins now. Yeah. Of those people that died. Oh, good. Good job, Paul. And I think him actually being really famous kind of helped out when he went to play it again because it's Paul fucking McCartney. Yeah. He doesn't need the, he doesn't need the extra hype. But uh, imagine if it was a lesser band, like a lesser lesser known musician. I don't want to say lesser than, but lesser known musician. Yeah. That had like that hit song, Helter Skelter. And then like, they're just never coming oh, back from that. Yeah. If that's their one, like, that's their one. That's their big hit. Yep. Uh, you can't, mm -mm. 
people aren't going to want you to release more music. It's like, oh, you're just going to spawn more cult leaders. I think the best thing that could happen to somebody in that situation, and this isn't a dig, is like you have to become like a producer or something. Yeah. And then just like your name is like kind of buried in like the the track listing of an album, but you're still working yeah. in music. Become a session guy, but as soon as the moment you like headline tours, there it goes again. Yeah. God. Perform under an alias. Yeah. I don't know. Move countries. <sighs> I mean, yeah, there's no good way to go around that. No. God, it's so messed up. It's it's really sad. And to close out for sure, uh, the close out this whole thing, this now three part story wow yeah i oof. um so i wanted to talk about real real briefly talk about the helter skelter scenario in itself to wrap up this whole thing and uh mike mcgain uh the lead police investigator from the tate lebianca murders they usually they get hyphenated together the yeah. sharon tate and lebianca murders stated that everything in vincent bugliosi's book helter skelter is wrong <laughs> Uh, police detective Charlie Gunther or Gunther said that I was the lead investigator on the case and Bugliosi didn't solve it. Nobody trusted him. Uh, who investigate uh, uh, Charlie Gunther investigated the murders and Bugliosi's co-prosecutor Evan Stovitz have also discredited this as the motive for the murders. Wow. So some people like pull from, I mean, it sounds it sounds like uh, it, I, I'm not saying this is like a, a procedural police investigation yeah. where you have like the unconventional detective like Monk or somebody like that that solves the case by some random weird means. But yeah. A lot of the quotes were pulled from Manson. And whether or not you believe that the Helter, in the Helter Skelter scenario as the White Album being the motive for the murders, maybe not like the 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 driving force or keystone in that situation. I think it was, it helped warp his mind enough to write the song lyrics on the walls. Yeah. I mean, is that, I mean, I don't know if I don't know the credibility of Bugliosi, but I mean, coming from the madman himself, I mean, it sounds like, uh, I just had, I wanted to play a little devil's advocate yeah. here because so far everything's been leaning for the, uh, uh, Helter Skelter scenario, but it's not like everybody was just buying into it. Yeah. So everybody kind of saw Bugliosi as kind of like writing the hype a bit with his book. Wow. Because the book came out uh, not super long after. It wasn't like the next year. It was like that lady that wrote that uh, fake story about Elvis. You know, the uh, the uh, Orion guy. But she wrote the she wrote the documentary. Well, it was the it was a fictional story at first, and then after Elvis died, she turned it into like this like documentary type, yeah, yeah. Like chronicling of how Elvis was still alive. But if you did the math on that, she wrote and did the whole thing in like months, three four months. Yeah, it's not quite like that. Like there's the, the Elder Skelter of the book came out a couple years later, but it's still kind of like that's how you're making money. Yeah, I don't know. I might have waited longer yeah i mean maybe, uh i don't know how i mean maybe you have this really really fascinating to play devil's advocate again if you have this really uh, really fascinating like uh the philosophy but 
the theory, you know, you, the Helter Skelter thing, you have this crazy theory that uh, uh, Manson did do all this because of that. And you do turn it into like, and basically the book is his logic and reasoning, all these interviews and things like yeah. that. And then I do think you can put it out, but you're going to have to like go through, you're going to have to find some ways to prove that you do think it's like fascinating. I think you have to be real careful how you put it out and how yeah. you mark. I think the marketing is what will kill you. Yeah, definitely. Um, if you post it as in like, this is what I, you know, as the process. Yeah. But even if you say I was the prosecutor in the Manson case, like that does qualify you, but it also is like, Oh yeah. The, the Sharon Tate murders. Yeah. It's tricky. I don't know how you, I, I mean, you're definitely going to be eating some amount of uh, horrible comments for sure for just even doing this in the first place. But yeah, it's not like you can be like, well, I worked with this guy and, you know, he made some pretty good points. Yeah. It's to have any credibility, you kind of have to go the lawyer route. But yeah, I don't. I don't know. Just to wrap that up, uh, I I think I don't know if he went about releasing it the right way. Yeah. I don't know. I still like, I mean, it's a fascinating story and I mean that it's, it's out there, but I think there might've been, you might've needed to be a little more careful, but it sounds like a lot of people didn't like him in particular, whether or not the story is true. I think a lot of people might've not liked Bugliosi. Oh yeah. Cause I think he caused problems in the court case as well. Oh, cause this was his evidence. Wow. Yeah. This is what he brought to court and that might've been why people were kind of pissed. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because I, like this was his answer for motive. I think cutting the telephone lines is enough. Oh yeah. <laughs> but anyway, we're not a court show, so. Yep. Anyway, so what'd you think? Wow, that is. He's a piece of shit. He's a piece of shit. He is a piece of shit. I think. He... Running through episodes. Yeah, he's our first real piece of shit. Yeah. Everybody else just kind of had an interesting story. Robert Johnson might have been kind of like into himself. Like, you know, I'm Robert Johnson. Yeah. But yeah, he's just kind of a little arrogant. Yeah. Charles Manson's a piece of shit. Yeah. Serious. <laughs> actual. Serious. On the board of biggest pieces of shit. Yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah. So that is the Helter, Kel- Helter Skelter scenarios covered. Ooh. That's, uh, you can bring the children back now. Yeah, you can bring the children back. It's, it's over. We're, 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 we're wrapping it. We're wrapping it. So, um, yeah, I want to thank everybody for uh, tuning in. And uh, thank you for this ride. I know, like, the, uh, the editing in this is going to be a little, uh, is, is a little unconventional, being kind of split, like, right in the middle. But, uh, I, yeah, I don't know. If, if we put everything together, we're getting at three hours. Oh, <laughs> so, I don't yeah. Yeah, I, I appreciate everybody like writing it out for this like now three parter. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, yeah. So this is uh, this is a fascinating one to get into, and I again again encourage everybody to research. Yeah, you know, not look into some of this yourself, like especially the court case. Uh, the, there's even more details about the murders. Like this, I just couldn't fit it all in. Yeah, you know. This couldn't go for five episodes, but uh, definitely for our next one, we'll go a little bit lighter and then, but the one right after that's just as crazy. Okay. Yeah. I'm down for it. You know what? No, nah, I'm just going to do the crazy one. It's okay. It's not, there's no murder 
and it's not quite gruesome, but it does involve bones. Okay. Yeah. And that's all we'll have time for this. That's all. That's, that's all we can know about that one. Yeah. For now. But there are bones. Anyway, so I want to thank everybody for tuning in. I want to thank uh, thank you, Joe, for being a part of this one. This is our first now three-parter. This is our Lord of the Rings trilogy. This is our trilogy. This is our Lord of the Rings. Our our unexpected wanna, trilogy. The unexpected, the unexpected journey. Uh, but I want to thank everybody for listening. You can check us out on uh, Spotify. I almost said Spaddle. <laughs> you can check us out on uh, Spotify and Apple, uh, Apple Podcasts. Uh, also at Podbean, there's a player on there. If you could, give us five stars. And uh, let us know what you, if you like this uh, true crime type of thing we're doing with this episode in oh, particular. Yeah. I'd, to- last, I'd totally do more of these. This trilogy. I know I've got one more. Uh, uh, I know I've got one more planned, let's say. But yeah, let us know. It. Uh, you can let us know on twitter.com forward slash phantom jukebox underscore or facebook.com forward slash phantom jukebox and also instagram.com forward slash phantom jukebox podcast. I want to thank uh, Kenny Groom's actual sound wizard for his wizard. work on our amazing theme song. Oh, I love it. It's so good. And a lot of that is him being awesome. Uh, I also want to thank uh, Dakota Galvin for handling all of our social medias being the. We need a better. Yes. I've already used wizard. I need another. What's guru. Another guru. There guru. we go. Social media guru. Yeah, because that we are not. Because oh my god. Oh. <laughs> if if social media was a fire, you and I would have frozen to death. <laughs> <laughs> I keep posting the podcast in my space. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. <laughs> I posted it on Grinder. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, yeah, no, I. I can make videos, I can play bass, I can make 3D graphics to yeah. an extent, but I cannot do social media. Yeah. Can't do it. No, I'm not good at it. But uh, I want to thank everybody again for tuning in and uh, yeah, tune in thanks. next time. Tell your friends. Yeah. Thank you for staying with us this long. Thank you, thank for, you for continuing on to the three-parter. <laughs> thank you for taking the long ride. <laughs> so join us next time as we go down the avenue of crazy awesome